Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Editor Knows Best. My name is Katyra Poland. I am the creator and hostess of the podcast, and it airs every Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can go to anchor.fm slash editor knows best. Um, it's also on Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, and a few other um, podcast stations as well. Um, today we do have a very special guest. She is one of the contributors for the magazine I'm publishing, Write Wine in Quarantine, and she is a spoken word artist, a pianist, a painter. She is very passionate about injustice and oppression in the United States. She is a girl mom to a toddler, and she's also working on her fourth album. She's also a singer, writer, and an actress. So as you, as you heard, she is very much involved in her community, and I'm grateful that she is contributing to Right Wine Magazine. Today's guest is Rain Christie. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rain. Thank you for having me, Katara. Thank you. So will you just tell our listeners a little bit more about the piece that you submitted and also why you decided to apply to be a part of Right Wine in Quarantine? Well, I think that this is a spot where we could hopefully come together as a nation, as a world, in our smaller communities. Um, we're all going through this together and we all have different versions of a story that how it's affecting us, but we're all in it together. So I'm very passionate about this. Um, of course, our lives have changed so much. Um, never would have thought 2020 would have seen us wearing masks, and you know, only seeing people's eyes and having to cover our faces at most times when we leave our homes. Um, so I, I just think it's a really important subject to discuss. And what uh, motivated you to apply for the magazine specifically and um, what also motivated you to write the poem that you wrote? Well, a friend of mine, um, put me on to what you were working on, your project, and I saw the passion, I saw the poetry, I saw the way you were trying to bring a community together. And of course, that's really my signature as well. And I think it's important that I contribute to people who are out there with the right energy, who are trying to take a spiritual and scientific approach at the same time, trying to show people that they're not alone and allow them to find voice in the midst of all this. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I know everyone heard in the bio um, that Rain is a spoken word artist. And our audience is mostly consists of authors and writers, um, but they may not know what that is. Do you mind telling us a little bit more about uh, what you do as a spoken word artist? Not at all. Um, Old-fashioned poetry was often written, and maybe a writer would share by reading. Spoken word takes it to a different place. You are performing your poetry passionately, often in front of large audiences and often for a cause. So spoken word can be slam poetry. It can be Def Jam style poetry. It can be all kinds of different um, venues that you might find yourself involved in. But often we use our our gift as a way to connect people and to show them some of the social ails that we have in this society and wake them up to things that maybe they, they've been feeling, but they just didn't know how to voice. Um, and the passionate performances just really stir the audience and, and make them react and make them feel connected. 
Okay. And is there anywhere that, that our audience could see some of your performances if they were more interested? I do have a website, raincristy.com. Um, before Corona and, and before my baby was born, I was performing a lot. Um, right now, I'm trying to come up with some creative ways, which was another thing that inspired me about what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, to kill, still keep my voice out there, to still mm-hmm. be a part of my community. Um, we're doing a pandemic play series that I'm involved in about ancient Egypt. But um, everything that I am can be connected to through my website, raincristy.com. I do have a YouTube channel. I'm not as digitally present as I would like to be yet, but I'm working on that right now. Awesome. Awesome. And what are some of the key lessons that you've learned about yourself during this pandemic? I have a lot of anxiety with the mask on because some of my trauma history and just having asthma most of my life. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person that feels that way. Um, I feel like it, it's really a very ironic and sad um, connection to me that, you know, what George Floyd went through as he was saying, I can't breathe. And at the same space, we're saying, I can't breathe with masks across our face. And it's a reminder every time to me to remember that I can breathe and I have life. And that's a blessing and a gift. And it really just makes me more passionate to get back out there and work with Black Lives Matter and work with people that are fighting for equity and justice for all people in our country. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, um, you know, personal aspect of how it can be traumatic for you. Um, And for our listeners who may be experiencing some of the same anxiety, what would you recommend to them and what things have you done that have helped you? Well, I'm a yogi, um, so I do a lot of breathing exercises, and that has been helping me. I also teach uh, dialectical behavior therapy at the residential center that I work with with children ages 13 to 19, and that does a lot with um, using skill sets to get through emotional, you know, dysregulation. So um, I've used several of those, actually. And then essential oil is kind of nice in a mask. If you put a drop or two of your favorite essential oil, then it feels a little less um, restrictive and oppressive. Those are really great uh, recommendations. I'm sure that our listeners appreciate them and I also appreciate them. So what do you consider your greatest accomplishment during this pandemic? Um, The work that I'm doing with the kids in residential to me is probably the biggest thing that I've been able to contribute because of course their level of anxiety has gone up drastically. They've suffered things that a lot of people may not even understand or think about unless they had been through it or witnessed it before. And they have, you know, had their their home visits taken away and their school got shut down. And being in residential care, that means you're stuck in a residential unit 24 seven. it's caused a lot of extra anxiety for kids that are already suffering from their trauma histories, from the things that they've been through. And so it's just made me have to get up and find more in myself and get extra creative and um, extra patient. Yes. (laughs) And are there certain things that um, help them that that the staff are implementing, like any particular activities um, that you see have a positive effect on them? I do. Um, Validation, I think, is one of the biggest ones. A lot of 
a lot of us, period, um, don't feel like people hear us, understand us, or care what we're going through. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they really just need to be heard and and validated and say, I I can understand why that would make yes. you feel. Yeah. And that little statement can can work miracles. Um, I try to give them the same respect that we expect as staff, because I don't think that children should be disrespected. Yes. And a lot of people think that bossing kids around, and I'm not saying that there can't be discipline or assertiveness, but with respect, I, I say please and thank you. I even say yes, ma'am, yes, sir to them, mm -hmm. just so that they understand I'm, I'm validating them as a person. I see their light and I want them to shine. Um, we do a lot of creative arts. Uh, the model that I'm working on, I just graduated with my master's. Congratulations. And I was developing, um, thank you so much. <laughs> a, a wellness center, a ministry for all people. Um, and we'll be using a lot of catharsis. So art, poetry, music, dance, theater, boxing, anything that can work to help you get out the things you're struggling with. So yes. we do a lot of that with them and it okay. helps. That's awesome. And I definitely agree that um, our society teaches us that it is okay to disrespect children because they're, they're minors. Um, they're taught to be seen and not heard. I mean, I, I do not agree with that, with that uh, philosophy. And I am glad to know that there are professionals out in the world who are, are changing that narrative and giving children respect and letting them have their voice be heard. And I feel like part of the reason why children are taken advantage of and abused so much is because their voices are silenced. They don't feel like they have a right to speak up. So thank you so much for um, being in your role. I'm a former social worker and I've worked with, you know, youth who are facing lots of challenges and anxiety, depression, abuse, et cetera. So I can definitely um, understand the hard work that you're putting in and definitely grateful for that. Um, so if there was a word, one word to describe Corona, what word would you choose and why? That's a good one. <laughs> I think I'm I'm trying to find like this big magnanimous word, but I think just challenging would probably be my one word. And I would just say that each of us have had our lives completely changed in the space of a, a couple days. Yes. You know, as Corona was recognized as a pandemic, and in in a couple weeks and in, into March, as all the things started to change around us, um, and I think the challenging part. It really brings out different spaces in the human psyche and the human soul and, and, and challenges us to be greater than we already are. And uh, my favorite phrase is exponential potential. It's kind of my signature mantra. And I work with it with the kids all the time. And I tell them, you know, we all have ish because, you know, we all like to point our fingers at times at other people. And I just try to teach them, you know, we all have ish. So the best thing to do is recognize where you're at and then keep moving to where you want to get and, and become your exponential self. And, and they love that phrase and it helps. And I just think the challenge, the obstacle causes you to rise if you choose to take it. So I think challenging. Yes, that's, I definitely agree with that word. And do you mind expanding on exponential potential for our listeners? Like maybe um, an example or further explanation as to what exactly that means to you? Absolutely, because I'm really passionate about it. Um, it's one of my favorite hashtags. I put it in almost everything I do. <laughs> so exponents, you know, in mathematics, an exponential 
has the potential to go all the way to infinity. Um, so exponential potential to me means that as we're working with our proximal development, which is the zone just outside of our comfort zone, so it's gonna push us forward past our threshold of, of stasis so we can grow. And that's another thing that we work with a lot with the kids, um, a zone of proximal development. And so to me, it's like constantly having like whatever your belief system, the divine, the universe, you know, however you see things, but the energy just pushing your root chakra from behind just gently like forward and realizing that when people say you can be anything you want in life, it really is true, you know, and people in the American capitalist model they get discouraged because they're chasing this elusive American dream. And so the dream has taught us big house, fancy car, 2.3 kids, shaggy dog, white picket fence, you know, and, and, and whatever, lots of screens, lots of shoes. But here we are saying, what, what can I be as a person? And to me, the best of ourselves is really found when we're up against a wall, when we're challenged so far that we don't want to go on, when it's not possible in our minds at that moment to keep going, but something, that fire inside of us doesn't want to die. And we have to keep going. And that pushes us toward our exponential potential, knowing that there is no limit, that I can go all the way to reconnecting with divinity. And, and I say that humbly because that's my belief system. I don't want to step on any toes. But to me, that's what we're doing. We're ascending. We're rising to our potential. Thank you so much. Um, I definitely appreciate that and agree with um, your mantra. So thank you for letting us in on that. So as a contributor to Right Wine and Quarantine, um, the listeners and myself would like to know, what role did wine play for you during the pandemic? <laughs> well, I am part Italian, so... <laughs> Um, I always joke, people ask me how I look so young for my age, and I mm -hmm. say a uh, lot of water and a little red wine, and mm -hmm. that's just a joke of mine, but I really, I love to have just a little red wine in the mm -hmm. evening, not every night, but usually about a glass, four mm -hmm. or five times a week mm -hmm. when I get home from work, and I'm just relaxing. Um, I just like the way I, it feels earthy, it feels connected. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely am a wine connoisseur. I'm a little bit of a snob. I have somewhat of a magical power of judging a bottle and feeling its vibe, feeling its energy. And um, long before I started drinking red wine, one of my old best friends would, would be amazed because I would pick her wine and she's like, but you don't even drink it. And then after a while um, of, of, of bringing her bottles of wine, I fell in love with red wine. So that's all I drink now, but. Okay. And were you a, a, a wine drinker prior to, pan, to the pandemic? Or is that something that you think has been, um, have, have you started drinking it more to help? Or what is the relationship from pre-pandemic to now? <laughs> um, I've been drinking red wine probably for about 20 years or so. Okay. Since that friend got me, you know, um, turned on to it. But I don't think I've drank any more, any less since the okay. pandemic. Um, I think I've just, because to me, it's heart healthy to keep it just about one glass. Yes. So most, most nights, that's what I do, because yes. I know it's good for your heart and your digestion. But when we drink too much, it's toxic. Right. So, you know, trying to find that balance and, and trying to stay there it, is a good space for us all to be in. Right. And then um, one of the conversations that I 
had with the other contributors, um, we did a, you know, the other interview, and we talked about that as well, and how, um, you know, with the pandemic, there's been an increase in alcohol sales and things like that, and that, yes, wine is enjoyable, but like you said, if we overconsume, then it can be dangerous, and I also just touched on how, um, you know, people's lives have changed in regards to trauma, where we have uh, women and men who are domestic or in domestic violence situations who are no longer going into work are now spending their time at home with that partner who is abusive. So there's an increase in certain anxieties and traumas um, and abuses for people. Um, so we talked about that a little bit too and how there are pros and cons to everything and even something like wine, which can be considered trivial can, um, you know, unfortunately it can lead to to other concerns and issues if it's, um, you know, overindulged in. So I did want to tie that into there. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners about your experience during pandemic or any other recommendations you might have for um, the writers and authors who are maybe struggling during this time? I just think that we have to stay strong. This is where our resilience, our, our brevity, our clairvoyance it's all going to be tested we really have to just stay connected I'm not saying that it's easy I'm not pretending I you know have stayed that way the whole way through because we're both my spouse and I working in residential care we have a three-year-old daughter at home so there's a lot of fear as we're in residential care and yes. kids in the beginning especially we're AWOLing a lot because they were you know they were freaking out with all yes. respect they had every right to and unfortunately, a lot of them didn't handle it the right way. So they would go out there, AWOL, come back, go out there, AWOL, come back. We've had units quarantined more than twice. We've had people get sick on our campus. So, you know, just wearing a mask at work and, you know, I don't stay still at work. Like I'm cooking, cleaning, mentoring, mm -hmm. helping with laundry, helping with hygiene. So, you know, it's a lot to keep that mask on. But in the back of my mind, I know, you know, I don't want to bring it home to my daughter. I don't want to bring it home to my spouse. Right. You know, we're, we're all in this together, but we're all coming from different angles. And I think that validation that I brought up before is one of the most important spaces because just because we're experiencing it a certain way doesn't mean someone else is experiencing. Some people aren't working. Some people right. are out of a job. Some people are, you know, stuck in a one or two bedroom apartment where it's tiny and claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Some people have been sick and got better. Some people have been sick and died. Some people yes. think it's a hoax and it's not even real. So I think really coming together and, and just sharing our experiences can help us understand that, you know, we're going through this all together, but we can retain our autonomy and our sovereignty because we're going through it a different way. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. And, and thank you so much for that. And also, is there anything you would recommend specifically to parents who um, maybe having some challenges, anything that you've done that's been helpful for you um, and your family, you know, as a mother of a young child? Well, we took her out of daycare. So, you know, we were worried about that because the, the psyche, you know, she needs to interact with kids her age. Um, for a while, we didn't even take her over grandma or cousins in the beginning because we weren't sure where all this was at. Um, so just really trying to make sure that even though I'm super tired when I come home from work or, you know, just making sure she gets the interaction she needs, mm -hmm. that she's still developing at the rate that she's supposed to be, mm -hmm. um, taking her for rides in the car and playing music and just, you know, taking little walks around the property to look at leaves or whatever, just trying to make sure 
she she's not stuck because she's three we can't have a full conversation yet so i can't explain to her everything that's going mm -hmm. on and i don't want it to damage her so that's been probably my greatest fear and the greatest push for me is just trying to make sure like with my kids at work they're teenagers i can talk to them right you know but, but she is is so little and she's very smart and her language is advanced but she can't have a full conversation yet right. so yeah and thank you so much for sharing that as well and one of the other exciting things that i wanted to know more about is that you're working on your fourth album can you tell us a little bit more about um i guess what genres you you work in and what it's like to to be a part of the the music world yes because i'm super excited about this one and my mom when i told her about my concept she got chills and she said she thinks this is the one mm -hmm. and so i'm a classically trained pianist um I sing kind of a bluesy, folksy style, a little okay. bit, you know, older school music. Um, I do my spoken word. So I, my first album mixed it all together. My second album was just spoken word, me and a microphone, no beat, no nothing, just raw voice. And my third album was all classical piano, um, all instrumental. So the fourth album is super exciting because I have a wonderful young woman who um, is from Rochester and I met her here. And then she moved out to LA and God has really blessed her and she, her work has taken off. So she's a music producer and she's agreed to the project. She's really passionate. She's gonna sample me and she has access to all my music mm -hmm. and she's gonna sample me and make beats. And then mm -hmm. I'm gonna do a slow poetic rap over them. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. That's definitely exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to that project. I'm, I'm very happy for you and glad that you're, you know, continuing in your music career and your journey. So for our listeners, will you just tell us where we can find your work, where we can learn more about you, where we can um, connect with you and make sure we are up to date with what's going on with Rain? Absolutely. RainChristie.com. So that's R-A-I-N c-h-r-i-s-t-i dot com it's under construction right now so okay. hopefully be patient with me but you can still access everything um so i have a blog spot where i just write prose and share my poems i shared some of my school papers um I, you can connect to me in many different ways through there my youtube channel definitely has videos of shows that i've done all over the world vietnam tampa california so um, you know, I really just think that music to me is the universal language. I can play the piano and share what my soul is trying to say with no words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people feel that. And mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect in the community. I've sold a lot of albums just the old fashioned way, like word of mouth and mm -hmm. mailing them all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm ready to step that up to the next level. I have somebody I'm working with right now to help me with the digital stuff, especially now with Corona. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about the next chapter. That's awesome. And what's the, what's your YouTube handle or your YouTube log? Oh, and I'm so sorry. I should know this. This is where I show how digitally inept I'm, I am. <laughs> but if you go to raincristy.com, there okay. is a, a hot button. There's a link right on the page. You can go. Perfect. Okay. Well, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Rain, for your time and telling us more about yourself. And of course, thank you for being a contributor to White Right Wine and Magazine. Um, I wish you continued success and blessings. And thank you all for listening and tuning in today to Editor Knows Best. Again, it airs 7 p.m. Eastern every Monday. 
and you can visit anchor.fm slash editor knows best to tune in. Thanks again and everyone be safe and be well. Good night. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to, to Editor Knows Best. This podcast is created by myself, Katyra Poland. I am also the hostess of the show. And today we have very special guests. I am going to be publishing a magazine and the title is Write Wine and Quarantine. And we have four of the five um, contributors on today's show. So I'm very excited to get started. You can listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash editor knows best and it airs every monday 7 p.m eastern so we're going to jump right in i am going to have the guests introduce themselves with their name also the name of their contribution to the magazine and one word to describe um, covid 19 and the pandemic that we're going through right now so i am actually going to go ahead and get started with shannon sproul Thank you so much to everyone for joining us, and I'm excited to hear from you, ladies. Hi, my name is Shannon Sproul, and the title of um, my article is Isolated and Undistracted. And for me, the one word to describe the pandemic, I would say it, it, was, it was fearful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I am going to transition over to Nancy Steinkemp. Thanks so much for joining us today, Nancy. Thanks, thanks, Katyra. Um, yes, I'm Nancy Steinkamp, and the name of my piece is Until Further Notice. And I would say one word to describe the pandemic, um, COVID, is stressful. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, we have Sarah Collins. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you so much, Katyra. So excited to be here um, and rub shoulders along with these other talented ladies. Um, so the name of my piece that I contributed to your magazine was Normalcy No More. And if there's one word that I could use to describe the totality of the pandemic, it's very difficult to do, even for a writer, but I would say that word would be disruption. Yes, definitely. And I agree with all of your words. The one word I would choose is, well, one thing that I felt, I guess, is a better way to say is anxiety. So mm. that's my word. Um, so we can move in. And I would like to know why you decided to be a part of Right Mining Quarantine. We can go in the same order, Shannon, then Nancy, and then Sarah. Um, I, I decided because when I was, when I heard about the opportunity, it gave me a, a moment to sit back and think about, and honestly think about the pandemic, how it's affected my life, what I was really feeling. Um, mm. So writing for me is expressive and it was, I was able to really look at the situation, whereas just living it and walking through it, you just, you don't think. You don't sit down and think, you're just gripped with fear or, or of the unknown. So this helped me sit down and examine and talk about what I was really feeling. Awesome, awesome. And will you just give us a brief summary of your piece that you contributed? Um, yes, um, my piece <laughs> talks about how I started out 
with a lot of fear because I have a lot of underlying medical conditions and how fear and anxiety gripped me at first. Mm. And because I'm saved and a Christian, I turned that around um, to, to see what God had to say um, with me being home, with me being sort of quarantined. Yes, that's the word, quarantine. I was able to look at, look at it from a spiritual perspective and, and take that time to all the distractions were removed you know, going out, going to the stores, shopping, all of that was removed and I had time to develop my relationship with God. Hmm. So, so my, my article is more about taking that negative, turning it into a positive and talking about how my relationship with God developed during this time. Hmm. And that's a very powerful perspective. And thank you so mm -hmm. much for sharing that. And I'm sure that our listeners can also relate to that or they know people, you know, in their families and networks who can also um, relate to that. And what about you, Nancy? Yeah, um, my pandemic experience, I, I was thrown into a situation that many people were experiencing but um, mine was kind of secondhand. So, you know, it was, um, so when I use the word stressful, I was thrown into the situation of parents needing to work from home when they had young children. Mm. And, um, and these young children were not my children. <laughs> they were my grandchildren. <laughs> and so, um, so I was thrown into this experience um, that was, you know, one of a different generation from when I was um, raising my own children. But, um, but the, the opportunity to kind of write the piece for, um, you know, for, for the publication was an opportunity to really center myself more and, you know, kind of extract that deeper meaning of what, what's going on. You know, so there's all the 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 um, the outside factors of what is this like and kind of describing what it was like. But for me, it was also okay. So what am I going to learn from this? For sure, and I'm sure that so many of our listeners can also relate to um, new childcare measures and experiences, and maybe having children in the home who weren't there at first. So thank you so much for sharing that. And how about you, Sarah? Uh, so I decided to um, participate um, and be a part of this opportunity. Thank you for extending it. Um, for a lot of the same reasons that Shannon and Nancy just mentioned, it was an opportunity for me to really process and unpack everything that was going on around me. Um, going back to that word disruption, the business as usual way that we live life had suddenly just exploded into this season of unknown. Um, and we were all facing new challenges and new constraints. So um, really relate to what Nancy said is going back to her faith and relying on that, seeing this as an opportunity to lean closer and deeper um, onto God. So uh, I unpack that in my piece, Normalcy No More, highlighting the fact that, yes, COVID-19 is a real threat and it's a physical sickness, but also the challenges that COVID-19 brought on also uncovered a lot of our spiritual um, and mental, emotional sickness collectively, I would say as a culture, um, because the things that we were relying on to kind of self-soothe or self-medicate 
um, that pulled us away from who we are in God, um, those distractions were suddenly no more. And we were really forced to kind of sit with ourselves and maybe sit with things that we were um, avoiding. So I think with that comes resilience um, and freedom. So there was a lot going on, just said a lot. There's a lot in that piece that I wrote. Mm -hmm. So um, it's all a lot to process and think about. Yes, I, I agree with all of you ladies in the backtrack a little bit. Uh, right, right in quarantine, um, I decided to put the magazine together um, early on, you know, after, after the pandemic hit, because I knew that our lives were changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I wanted us to have an opportunity to record that. I wanted mm -hmm. us to be able to look back on that and also for other people to see that they're not alone and that mm -hmm. we shared, you know, a lot of the same feelings and emotions and, and fear and anxiety. So that's why mm -hmm. I decided to publish it. So I just want to insert and ask, did you guys actually have wine during your quarantine? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I did, but um, not so much as a means of, of self-soothing mm -hmm. to be just keep it a hundred percent real and honest. I haven't always had a good relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be an alcoholic to not have a good relationship with alcohol. So this mm -hmm. was something that mm -hmm. I was convicted of not only in therapy, but um, even coming to faith. And if you guys want to hear that story. That's another podcast that I did with Katira. Mm -hmm. um, but I realized that I was using that as a means of escapism. So mm -hmm. I did partake in wine during quarantine, yes. but some of you don't know or may not know that part of my job, um, I'm a copywriter, so we do what's called edutasting. So one of the verticals that I write for is wine. Um, so I did sample, um, but it was never to escape. It was just to get a flavor profile for the product that I was writing for. Um, and ironically, uh, a lot of alcohol sales went up. Yeah. So that's part of the reason why I'm, I'm still working right now. And I'm grateful that I'm, um, I, I'm still working because there's so many creatives I know in advertising that aren't working right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's my little bit on alcohol and quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just interject and say that um, I did include wine in the title, of course, because especially early on, a lot of people saw it as an opportunity to, um, you know, enjoy wine. You know, I don't mm -hmm, have to go into the mm -hmm. office, so I right. have more time to indulge. But <laughs> like you're saying, I'm sure that there were some vices that came out of that. Some people mm. overindulged. And while in the beginning it was very lighthearted and fun, we also know that there are people who um, experience domestic violence. And now that they're not going mm. to work, they're home and they're, you know, suffering through some of the things they're able to escape when they were going to work. So, mm -hmm. of course, there's, you know, pros and cons to um, everything, but just wanted to to uh, get that in. And what about mm. Nancy and Shannon? Any wine partaking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not really. Actually, as you were sharing that, it, it made me think of even like, um, not only well, how do I drink wine, which is sipping it slowly. And also that at its best, it enhances food. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, so there, you know, I think there was a lot of substance gathering during the pandemic, mm -hmm. you know, as people mm -hmm. kind of like that, you know, like what's really important to you. Um, yeah. I have to say in the situation I was in, um, food became very important. Um, <laughs> yeah. our meals became very important, and um, and 
and even I, I found I was eating much slower during mm. that time. And when I did have any wine, it was really truly to enhance, you know, that substance of what I was seeking to be nourished by. Mm. And so I, I did like, I did kind of like your title, you know, cause it's like, we're all kind of like trying to <laughs> find the wisdom in this experience <laughs> and it might be in a glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Shannon? Um, similar to Sarah, and I like the way she articulated it, um, you don't have to be an alcohol to have, you know, your issues. And mm -hmm. I choose not to drink okay. um, because of, you know, yeah. some past experiences that I've struggled mm. with alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, so, no, I just had a cold glass of water. Okay, that's good too. <laughs> <laughs> that is just as good if not better. <laughs> so thank you all for sharing, you know, experiences um, that you've had so far, but I would love to know what you've learned about yourself um, during COVID-19, um, whether that is something that you've learned that's positive or maybe something that is challenging for you. I'd love to hear uh, from you ladies. I'll start. Okay. <laughs> um, I learned that being in a house is not a good thing for me. <laughs> mm. um, I've struggled with my weight. Okay. Um, I'm eating all the time. Mm. And I, I just realized that, you know, when I get up and I go out to the office and I'm at work and, you know, you have the distractions of work, I'm not eating as much. And I found myself just eating and eating. And it's like, it was a wake call when I went to the doctor recently got on the scale and I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> what am I doing to myself? Mm -hmm. So, so that was an eye opener. Like, okay, you got to change your habits. Mm -hmm. And I think I was eating to, I don't know. I, I, I'm an emotional eater. So I think that was a lot of it. And I had to realize that being in this house was affecting me emotionally where I didn't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. um, the, I was getting to the point where it's like, I'm in this, my, I have a home office at home. So it's like, I'm in this office where at work, I would get up, socialize a little bit, go to the bathroom, mm -hmm. take a walk down to the cafeteria, those type mm -hmm. of things. But being home, I found myself sitting in front of my computer all day until lunchtime. Mm -hmm. take a break get something to eat and i'm back here until eight o'clock at night because i mm -hmm. work a later shift mm -hmm. and it was like i wasn't moving from this desk and i didn't realize how it was affecting me mm -hmm. emotionally mm -hmm. in, in the first couple of months i didn't go out of the house either mm -hmm. you know i was gripped with that fear because i, I suffer from rheumatoid arthritis um, I'm diabetic. I have COPD and asthma. So mm. all of those things made me fearful to leave the house. Yes. So I'm totally, I'm the type of person, Katyra knows I'm going here, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm on the go. Yes. So that was taken away and it was mm. like, I had to at one point stop and say, wait a minute, you, you got to change something up here. So I started thinking of things to do. I, I, I go out on Saturdays and I record um, my churches, because we, we record the worship experience as opposed to people coming into the church. So I did that. 
I would go to outdoor places. I, I realized that I could not sit in this house and just, because mm -hmm. it was making me crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I learned, I, I learned that about myself that I, I need, I need that fresh air, that something to do. I just, I don't know. It, 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 it was just a wake up call that this just, I had to think of other creative ways to express myself or to do things or to get out of this routine of just sitting in the house. I mean, I felt like a prisoner at one point. Mm -hmm. I really did feel like I was a prisoner in my home. Mm -hmm. I've now incorporated things, you know, even if it's just going outside for a little while, take a walk, go get some fresh air. You know, I don't have to be around people to do that, you know? So I had to rethink how I was handling the situation and find a healthier way for me to handle it, if that makes sense. Yes, mm -hmm. that definitely does. And mm. I'm sure our listeners, that resonates, especially with, with us women, you know, we're always mm. paying attention to what we look like and, you know, how much we weigh and things like that. But the important part of that is health. So you do want to make sure that you have alternatives. And thank you, Shannon, for sharing that that uh, challenge and also giving some examples on how you overcame it. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate that um, advice as well. So I will transition over to Nancy and then we'll um, have Sarah give us some feedback. Yeah, it was, it's really interesting because um, my pandemic experience in the beginning was very different than most people because I wasn't, I actually was, seeking more time in my home because I was mm. living in my daughter's home and I would and then when I would go home on the weekend everything was really condensed and uh, you know and trying to kind of like make up for lost time and so there was a certain stress in that and I wasn't really quarantined in my home with all my stuff and and I realized in that experience though that it would have been very that it was very easy for me to get turned uh, or turn my attention to the grass is always greener mm. <laughs> on the other side. Mm. Um, and I did find myself really having to say, look at in the situation you're in right now, you need to appreciate each moment because um, I'm getting, I'm getting a very unique ex opportunity here to be with my family. Um, which is something I always want more of. So it's like, so then to have so much of it, <laughs> um, you know, was causing some stress, but then I went, well, wait a second, but this is always what you're, you're asking for is more time with them. Mm -hmm. So mm. appreciate this, what, appreciate what you can appreciate in the moment because things can change easily. And I have to say, this piece, the piece I wrote had to do with the first part of my pandemic experience, but I'm no longer there. School's opened. I'm no longer mm. there. So mm. now I got the flip side of what everyone else has been experiencing, including people who are missing that time with their families. So these children that I, my, my grandchildren that I was able to be with, 24 seven, who some, you know, which sometimes it could be um, stressful. I now have the flip side where now I'm missing them because mm. I'm not seeing them like I saw them. And so now there's different things I need to pay attention to, to tr truly be present for what are the beautiful moments in life? And what are the things that when I'm really, really paying attention, bring me joy in each day 
And so, you know, I think the pandemic has been pushing us harder and harder and harder to look at what is the substance of our life that we need to pay attention to. So in some ways, my learning has been to be more aware of, well, what are those moments? What are those moments that no matter what's going on in the outside world, still keep me grounded and sane? Because there are just so many things that can pull you in so many different directions mm -hmm. that, um, and I think that I really, um, I really enjoyed where people have pointed that out to us to say, well, what about pandemic do you not want to lose? Mm -hmm. Like, what were the things that actually happened during this time that became either a new habit or some new awareness that you don't want to lose? And, um, and I think the thing I don't want to lose is appreciation for being alive <laughs> <You know>? yeah <laughs> and for my loved ones and for you know for the things that sometimes it's easy to take for granted so um i think that there's so many lessons in um in this time and writers are responsible for capturing them on paper Yes. Thank you so much for giving us that insight, Nancy. Um, I'm sure our, our listeners can appreciate that. And thank you for sharing that you're no longer in that same space, because I'm sure a lot of us have, it's, we've changed, we've, we're in different spaces, and our experience isn't the same as it was back in March. So thank you so much for that insight. And we will transition over to Sarah. So, so much of what um, Shannon and Nancy said um, are true to my story as well. Um, one thing, if I could just really distill it down into what the pandemic has taught me and what I've learned is um, humbleness and intentionality. Um, humbleness in that I had big plans for 2020. I planned on getting a promotion. I was training for an endurance race um, up a mountain for the past two years. I was making great progress on that. I was very confident that um, I would not only complete the race, but place um, very you know, high up in it. Um, I planned on writing my book. I had so many plans. I even wanted to um, renew my vows with my husband. And so many of those plans didn't happen. What happened was um, I was baptized this year um, uh, as born again. I was originally baptized a Roman Catholic when I was a baby. And number two, the other goal was that I finished my manuscript. So really, it humbled me, realizing that I can make all the plans I want, but there are just some things are out of my control, and that just points to the sovereignty of God. I don't know his plans. I don't know his reasons. His ways are far above mine, but it is um, my duty um, as an image bearer of God is to just remove all of these distractions and these um, falsehoods that I was kind of building my life on. So there was a, an element of pride in that. Um, and to suddenly lose all those things. And uh, many of you don't know, Katyra knows I was furloughed for three months. Um, so that was a blessing in disguise because like Nancy was saying, um, I just didn't have the intentionality of joy in my life. It was business as usual, you know, like work 10 hours a day, go to the gym, come home um, dead tired, and then just crash and rinse and repeat and do it again. Um, Sundays, it was just business as usual, worship. I was just kind of going through the motions. But it, what did it really mean to me? Was I really present in those moments? Eh, probably not. <laughs> and things got real with COVID-19. It disrupted everything. And suddenly, I had an abundance of time on my hands so I could live my life 
um, in a very intentional way. So like Nancy was saying, spending time with my family. Um, my dad is a um, cancer survivor. Um, so the past three years, he's been battling advanced cancer. Um, and thank God he's doing well now. So I had this time where I could just hang out with my parents, spend time with my dad that was outside of the ICU. I could spend all this time uh, with my husband instead of just kind of, you know, hanging out maybe for an hour a day, passing out on the couch and then going to bed. It really isn't living. Um, so something Nancy said also stuck out to me was just enjoying every bite of food, giving thanks for that enjoying every day of sunshine or even rain, um, just really channeling that joy into thanking God that, yes, I'm healthy, I'm alive, I'm present. I don't know why this is going on right now, but I know that you want me to learn something from it. And um, that's, that's how COVID-19 changed me. So like everyone else, I'm coming out of the pandemic, even though we're not there yet, but I've already changed a lot in the past seven months that we've been living with this. Thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that. Um, mm -hmm. And especially noting that you had these huge aspirations and goals that were thrown off track. <laughs> yeah, way off, way off. <laughs> yeah, due to something beyond your control. And I'm yeah. sure that's something that we have all felt. So thank you mm -hmm. for sharing that with our listeners. For me, one thing that I learned is that I have to, much like Shannon, remove myself from the home to focus. Um, a lot of times I'll just go to the cafe or the coffee shop. But if you remember back in March, that wasn't even an option. So I was kind of going stir crazy with that. But fortunately, um, now, you know, some of the establishments are open. So there are times that I'll just go even to the library. So like mm -hmm. Shannon said, it doesn't have to involve interaction with other people. It's just a change in environment. And mm -hmm. it helps me to focus. So that's one of the things mm -hmm. that was highlighted for me. Um, and again, thank you all for sharing. So what has been your greatest accomplishment during the COVID-19 pandemic or quarantine, however we want to label that? What would you consider your greatest achievement? Um, for me, it was refocus. That's the word I can use, a refocusing. Um, I started school working on my doctorate and honestly I, I, I was doubting myself. Um, my doctorate is in biblical studies and it got to a point where when I first started there was a zeal. There was yes I'm doing this you know. Mm. I was so inspired you know my first class you know was talking about hearing the voice of God and all of a sudden it just disappeared from me. It was like a struggle to do the work. Is this really what I want to do? Should I be doing this? Mm. And honestly, I'm a true believer that nothing happens that God doesn't already know is going to happen. Mm. And I really believe for me personally, this pandemic was a way of God getting our attention. So many of us have turned away from God. So many of us have let the distractions in life get in between our relationship with God. And I felt like this was what was happening to me. And the one thing that turned in this whole pandemic for me was a renewed relationship with God. Um, I'm in my studies, I'm learning so much more. My relationship has developed so much more with God. 
I've learned how to have a two-way conversation with God. I've learned how to pray the right way. You know, there, there's so many things that I didn't know that I know now from just this, well, we've been in this pandemic a good eight months, something like that. Yes. In this period of time, I've been able to learn how to communicate and hear the voice of God so much better. I, I feel content. I don't feel like I did at, at the beginning of this pandemic. You know, with that growth in my relationship with God, I'm at peace. I, I'm, I'm more comfortable with my situation. Yeah, I still have to do the things I mentioned, get out the house, you know, break up the monotony. But I, I, I'm just loving where I'm at from a spiritual perspective. And this pandemic, like I said, I always try to find a positive in something. This pandemic has allowed me to reach out and develop my relationship with God. And well, I'll say for me, I, I think my greatest accomplishment is being able to launch my Literacy Love Scholarship. Mm -hmm. So I received, I received the grant um, and I use some of the, I will use, I'm using some of the funds to give to high school seniors so that they can use that for, you know, whatever they need for the mm -hmm. semester. So mm -hmm. being able to do that was really inspiring for me um, mm -hmm. to be able to give back to the community. I know as a student, I received scholarships, so I was really happy mm -hmm. to um, reciprocate that and pay it forward even though we were in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, I was able to give scholarships to two seniors. So that was exciting for me. I didn't envision that I'd be able to have a scholarship for at least three or four more years. Mm -hmm. So when it came to fruition, I was super excited. So that is my um, greatest accomplishment. That's me. huge, Katara. <laughs> we're so proud of you. That's, that's really, you. yeah, Thank that's you. great. Thank you. And um, we'll transition to Nancy and then Sarah. Yeah. Um, it, so my greatest accomplishment is actually unfolding um, because I really ended up kind of putting a stake in the ground that I would write my memoir. And I started consistently writing um, and learning uh, more about what does it take to write for an audience beyond myself. Um, for, for for I think you know Katira, um, my I first met Katira in um, being part of the Writers Paradise, and you know what I brought to the table was how to help people to express themselves in writing in their journals. And for years, I've been writing my story in my journal for my own um, for my own eyes, for my own ability to kind of understand myself and what's the meaning in my life. And when you write for an audience, it's, it shifts the focus. You know, you're not, you're, you definitely are still looking for meaning, but you're oh. looking for meaning that others can relate to. And, um, and that's been a really important shift for me um, because I find that it's actually even a deeper level of meaning than what I was getting for myself. For when it's just for me, and a lot of um, you know, and 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 you know the other um, we've talked about you know our spiritual life, and that's a very very important part of who I am, and and how do I express that um, in my journal? It's it's always my expression is always there and helping to enlighten me, <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and uh, 
but but when it comes but again when it comes to then considering well you know how do these words need to resonate with others or who else would relate to my challenges my story my the mm. complexity layer the layers within my own life um it's such an important learning that i want to continue to grow in and um and i would say that part of the accomplishment is really connecting um with strong women in my life for right now i part of my own life theme is really kind of looking at how some of women's voices have been suppressed in our culture and so i think that the power of story is so very important and i'm rediscovering it in a really new and awesome way so it's kind of like almost like took growth like this plant just took growth during the pandemic and i'm really excited about the potential of of really not only continuing to express myself but learning from that process and so it just feels very you know i feel like i'm i've published it already <laughs> i know that that is a long journey <laughs> but you know i but but there is that feeling because um it's envisioned you know i think whenever a dream or something that we hope for has begun to be envisioned then it's already started on the road to fruition. So I, I feel that excitement for that part of the process because I know that I've at least put a stake in the ground. Um, my younger self was really, um, oftentimes would not give myself permission to do that. You know, so even, even when you ask the question, are you an author? It, it would be one that many people who have stories inside them would shrink from the, you know, from shrink from saying, yes, I am an author. And I loved Katyra that you said um, with um, even being published in this magazine, you are an author. Because if you have a story inside you that you want to reveal, you have to acknowledge yourself as one in, and bring it forth. So, um, yeah. so that feels like an accomplishment to me even thank though the book's not published. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is definitely an accomplishment. And thank you so much for sharing your insight and feedback with our listeners. Um, we'll have Sarah round us out with this, and then we'll um, move on to making sure you get your contact info out to our listeners. Okay. Um, so I, the biggest takeaway that I have from COVID is just resilience. So um, there's a couple things that I think were uh, big accomplishments. One was um, taking my poetry collection, editing it down to a manuscript. Thank you, Katire, again for editing that. It was wonderful. Um, okay. And being on the cusp of, of publishing that um, because it's my story of my um, journey with mental health, with anxiety, with depression, with very severe depression, um, coming to faith and part of that and leading a completely different life. So I think a lot of people can relate to that struggle with mental health and feeling that despair and hopelessness. But really, I mean, that was a great accomplishment, don't get me wrong, but it was just the small, faithful acts of obedience every day, the things that I used to look at as a duty, I found delight in them. Washing the dishes, folding the laundry, making the coffee, cooking dinner, spending time with my husband. I shouldn't say that that was a duty, but it was, you know, at the end of a long work day, sometimes I was just exhausted and emotionally spent. So I didn't really have that wherewithal to be intentional, to be present when we're just trying to have dinner. So it's those small acts of obedience that we do every day that seem very ordinary, 
but just finding delight in those that I think that that glorifies that glorifies God when we do those things. So finding the joy in everyday life was my biggest accomplishment. Awesome. Thank you so much, ladies. I'm going to have you just share where our listeners can find your websites and your contact info. And um, we'll go ahead and do Sarah, then Nancy, then Shannon. So our website is to be released very soon. It's being updated right now with my store. Um, so everyone will be able to find me there. But for right now, you can find me on Twitter and um, Instagram at S. Collins Marie. That's S. Collins Marie. Stay tuned for any updates about um, my new poetry collection, Recovery from Unusual Attitudes. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. My, um, my website is wisdomwriting.org, and it's uh, no space between the two words. And um, you'll find my contact information. My email address is nancy at wisdomwriting.org, and, um, and all my other links are there as well. Um, you can find my contact information on my website, and my website is author Shannon Sproul, and Sproul is spelled S P is in Paul R U I L L, author Shannon Um, and all of my contact information is there. Thank you so much, ladies. And I um, need to make sure I mention there is a fifth author, Latoya Palmo, who didn't join us, but she is the fifth person who has contributed to our magazine. She does have a Facebook page, Latoya Palmo, so make sure you follow her there. Thank you all for tuning in to our awesome episode today. Um, as I shared previously, Editor Knows Best airs every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, and some other podcasts out there. So make sure you tune in. And again, my name is Katyra Poland. I'm the creator and hostess. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to my guests, Sarah, Nancy, and Shannon. And I hope you all um, are safe and continue to be well. Thanks so much. Thanks, Katyra. Hello, friends. I'm musician, singer, songwriter, and music nerd, Charlie John. I host a music-based podcast called Mad Sound Radio, where I interview friends of mine who are singers, songwriters, music producers, and many more in the music industry about their craft and how they honed it. New interview episodes are available wherever you get podcasts every Wednesday morning, and video of each episode is uploaded on our YouTube page at the very same time. In high quality. We also host a writer's roundtable live once a month on our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch pages, where myself and three or four others will play our original music and then chat for a while afterwards. Check out our Facebook page to learn more about when we go live, and check out madsoundradio.com to join our newsletter. Once again, that's madsoundradio.com. Thanks so much.